Hey guys, today I'm doing a solo podcast and I'm super excited to jump in. We're not going to take a crazy long time to do introductions, but I do want to highlight two things that will be in the show notes. Super important to listen to this part. Crossovermedia.com slash Josh and Andrew. It'll be in the show notes. If you do not have a local church, maybe you just moved, maybe you're looking for a new community. You can literally fill out the form on that link and you will get connected to a local church in real time. I think that's super cool. So please fill out that form if you're looking for a new church community. Super important. Second thing, I had Stephen Webb or Sweb on the podcast last time, and he has a lot of great resources that I will link below that I think are of super value for anyone in the church looking to build, looking to think different. Super important to be able to continue to grow. If you're not growing, you're dying, as like I always like to say. So thank you much for listening to this pod. Make sure to follow the podcast on any of the platforms. This will not be on YouTube. This will just be an audio pod. So thank you so much. Today, we're going to be talking about why you are too busy. I think there's a common thread across the board, regardless if you're in the church, if you're just in the business world, if you are, yeah, just working a normal job, doesn't matter. We tend to live busy lives, and regardless of your title, regardless of your age, in 2023, we're all busy. We've got things going on. It's a, it's a fast-paced world and a fast environment we live in, especially in the United States. It's about 92% of you live in the United States. The rest of you live across the world, which I think is beautiful, and I'm assuming you are busy as well. So I want to I help give you some five things to think about why you might be too busy, because Something that I've always seen in my journey with having conversations with pastors, with friends, with whoever, asking them this question, hey, how are you doing? The typical answer is I'm good or I'm busy. I do just living the dream. I'm just, I'm just busy. He's like, well, is that good or is that bad? In my experience, it's actually not good at all. You don't want to be busy. Busyness is not equivalent to effectiveness. Most people, I've never heard somebody say that, by the way. How are you doing? Oh, just being effective. It's not necessarily a normal thing to say because we live busy lives. And like I said, that's kind of normal, but I don't think it's fruitful. So today I want to talk about five kind of things that I think will help you in your effectiveness and your day-to-day -day operation, regardless, like I said, of whether you are in ministry, whether you are not, whether you don't believe in Jesus and you are an entrepreneur, does not matter. These can be applicable to anyone. So like I said, that typical question, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm just busy. We don't want to live busy lives. We want to live effective lives. I always like to say this. Busy not, busyness is not a sign of effectiveness. It actually scares me. And busyness, it does not equal effectiveness. I'll say this kind of towards the end, but busyness is actually on a badge. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of leaders who put that badge on of honor. Like, dude, I'm just grinding. I'm busy. Busyness is not effectiveness. You can do a lot of great things, but they're actually not producing any results. So busyness is not a sign of effectiveness. Overworking is actually a sign of poor leadership. If you're overworking, if you're always tired, if you're always burnt out, if you're doing too much, if you're straining yourself to the full extent, it's actually a sign of poor leadership. And, and forgive me if that offends you, but Usually when something offends you, it means that it's actually right. It's just whether you want to take that and foster growth in it or sit in a pity party. We don't want to, we don't want to sit in pity parties today. So we must become effective people. And these five things I believe will help you become a more effective leader. 
Now, here are the five reasons why you might be too busy. Number one, poor leadership. Jumping in kind of hot. You're not delegating. You always see a poor leader, like I said, when they're not delegating, when they're not building things around them. And there's another one that we'll go into in a little bit. But how, how do we delegate? Like it's 2023. The leader should not be doing everything. The, the person who's in charge should not be doing anything. And if they're doing everything, that, like I said, that's a sign of poor leadership. You're not delegating. You, we need to be able to delegate. I, I always heard this, and I think it's super helpful. If you see somebody who you believe has that, that thing inside of them that you're like, that person is going to be a brilliant leader, what you could do, like I said, is delegate some things. And not just the things you don't want to do, by the way. I think that's ridiculous. Don't delegation is not like, I don't want to do this. I guess I'll just hand it over. Like you need to understand what you can spend your time on doing that would actually be bigger, more effective in the corporate structure or in the church, like I said. So how you delegate is this. You sit them down, you have a conversation. Hey, I, I see this in you. I would love for you to take on this blank, but not right now. I want you to observe me for X amount of time. Maybe it's a week. Hey, I want you to sit on this meeting for a week and just watch me. Just watch how I do it. Or if it's it's a task, hey, just shadow me. It's a Sunday service, maybe. Hey, I would love for you to handle this in about two months, but right now I need you to just observe me. Whatever it is, it always needs to start with me, the observation phase. Me, watch me. Just watch what I do. And the, and, the, and the goal long-term is not for them to do what you do, but it's to help them think how they think. So we'll go into that a little bit, but you, it needs to be me. Then it's we. So me, we. We is, hey, we're going to do it together. For this week, you and I are going to do everything together. You're going to see how I lead. You're going to see how I think. You're going to see how I increase my tone in this specific meeting or whatever. It doesn't matter. You Any example is relevant, but it's me. I want you to watch me do it, then we're going to do it, and then you're going to do it. So you model it, you delegate it, and then you're going to monitor it. So monitor them for two months or however long. Like I said, it's kind of it's, it's not relevant to give examples of those times because you can always assume whatever works in your context. So me, we, you. That is the way you should delegate. And if you're not doing that, like I said, it's probably why you're too busy. Delegation is not dumping. Dumping is throwing stuff on somebody and it's going to take them over. Maybe they're not competent enough. Maybe you haven't led them well enough. Maybe, again, there's a lot of examples, but the reality is you don't want to dump on people. The people who dump on people are the people who have zero people around them. And the only people that are around them are busy bees that are exhausted and can't say no. The people who can't say no are the people who always are going to be exhausted. They're going to be kind of grumpy, maybe bitter, whatever. But you need to be able to delegate. That's number one. Jumping into number two, we're just going in these. It's going to be a quicker podcast because I want to add value to you right now. Number two, self-importance. You're too busy because you think you're too you think you're more important than you really are. We're all infinite value. I believe we all have value. We all have importance. But when you think you are more important than your organization or the other people on your team, that's when we have a problem. You believe everything revolves around you. 
And instead of handing things off, instead of delegating that meeting, instead of delegating that task or graphic design, you're like, man, I'm the only one who can design this, this exact way. So I can't hand it off. You have to, you have to be the final decision maker in the meetings, you name it. We're not that important. Like this is kind of extreme, but if you were to get fired or someone on your team passes away and the next day, everyone's clueless because what you never built people up behind you. A leader leads people like that means that people actually willfully follow you. Like you turn around and there's people there. That means you're leading people. And not ever, you're not, maybe you're not leading them well, but they actually are following you. That means that you actually have that inside of you. We just got to figure out how to actually do this. So self-importance, we're actually not that important. You can hand that meeting off. You can hand that task off, whatever it is. Again, whatever context you're in, you can hand it off because we're not that important. The CEOs of this world are not in every meeting. They don't make every decision. They're not at every single corporate gathering or networking event. They're not because they know I can't do everything, but the things that I actually put my hands to, I absolutely need to win in this. So when you win, your team wins. You win, I win, we win, we all win. But hey, I just, I got to be a part of that, man. You can't move forward unless I have that. And I get it if you're like a team of two, whole different world. But I'm talking about somebody who's like actually a leader. So self-importance, you think that you're more important. You really aren't. The world does not revolve around you, your company, your church, your team, your whatever. I promise you will grow with you or without you. Number three, low intentionality. You don't have any sim. You don't have any systems. And we know this. Systems deliver the mission. The thing that's in your mind, the difference between people who win and the people who have cool ideas that never actually come to fruition are the people who are disciplined and have systems in their life. And it starts in the micro. You listening to this, you might have a team of 10 people. They will not, as a team, collectively accept a system if you are not a disciplined, systematized person. So take ownership of this because the this is the easiest podcast to go, yep, that's for them. They're just they're just not the world revolves around them. And then you miss it and think, man, actually I could grow from this. Systems. You need to have systems in your personal life, your personal day-to-day that will actually create success in the long term. And you don't build the success for today, right? You want to have the systems in place for the future, the vision that you see, you got to ask yourself, what systems would I have in place if we scaled to $10 million a month in sales? When you have that, what you have is a successful future because vision without application or vision without work is hallucination. And there's a lot of people on the planet right now who are just hallucinating dreams, hallucinating vision, hallucinating futures. Because they're not building systems in their life. There's a low intentionality that happens when we think, man, what got me here will get me there. Because what got you here will not get you there. It won't. The people in your life, the systems in your life, all of that will change based on the future and vision you have. You want to have a big vision? You got to have big systems, big disciplines. 
And some that I that I personally use that I think I would recommend to you. Again, this is at an individual level, and then we'll talk about more corporate or organizational stuff. Have a scheduling app. Like maybe you use iCloud, maybe you use Google Calendar. Everything on your calendar should be scheduled. Like everything. What time you wake up, what time you eat breakfast, what time you work out, what time you have your meetings, the time slots you have your meetings. And usually when you're most effective throughout the day, I'm most effective from about two to five. Nobody gets that time on my calendar because that's my time. That's what I'm most effective in my creativity and my thinking. But in the mornings, I'm going to have meetings. I'm going to sip on my coffee. I'm going to sip on my Celsius. And I'm just going to think, I'm just going to be in the meetings because I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm a little groggy. I'm not really all there. But the afternoon, I'm most effective. Some people are more effective in the mornings. That's fine. Block out that time. Don't let people be a part of it. Calendly, if you're a leader and have people on your team, give them access to your Calendly. Or on Google Calendar, you can actually see their calendars. Just give them access to your calendar. So you don't have to like go back and forth for 20 minutes to figure out a time that works to schedule a meeting. Just have it on the calendar. Just give them access to your calendar. Or maybe you have 10 clients and you're a photographer or a content creator or whatever. Just give them access to your calendar. They want to have a meeting? Great. Let's not pitter-patter through text message for 20. Just have the, my, have my system. There's a system in place. AI note takers. You're on Zoom, we're on Google Meets all day, every day, if you're listening to this. Have an AI note taker, use fireflies.ai. And if your company doesn't let you use AI, I understand that. But if you're in a personal individual, use AI. Like, oh my gosh, it's here. I just use something called Descript, super helpful. Oh my gosh, I can literally upload this podcast. It'll cut out filler words, it'll cut out blank spots. And so I don't have to like sit there for 20 minutes and edit a video or I don't have to pay an, a video editor because I've done the, both of those things and they're fine. But the reality is, why don't I just pay a hundred bucks a year and AI will edit my video for me? Or why don't I just pay the $5 a month extra to get more features on my link trees? Like, you know what I mean? Like we just got to be more systematized in our life. And if you don't have, and again, this is kind of the, the theme, right? Is I'm just too busy. The people who say that, if you ask them, like this is this is a leadership principle. This is a if you're a pastor, leading people on your team or whatever, whatever title you have, if you lead somebody and they say, oh, I'm just really busy, immediately say, show me your calendar. Show me your calendar. And this is not out of a condemnation. This is not like a shameful, like I hope that they feel bad about themselves. But hey, no, let's actually pull up your calendar and let's look at mine and let's see how effective we both are. Let's see the result that we are bringing because the reality is your effectiveness produces results. If you're not effective, you might be producing some sort of, and it's the, the difference of scale, right? Like if you're, if you just want two clients a year, that's fine. Don't have the systems. Don't listen to this podcast. That's great. These are people that are listening to this. I, want, I hope you want to win. Win at life. So have systems in place that will actually produce results, not for today, but for the future. Systems deliver the mission. John Maxwell quotes all the time, you do not what rise to the level of your ambitions, you fall to the level of your systems. Maybe that's John Maxwell, some leadership guru, but the quote still stands. You got all the ambitions, all the dreams, all the things in your world. That's great. But what are the systems in place for you to actually to do so? And you're a system, by the way, your body's a system, your mind is a system. And if you don't understand that 
your body needs system. Your body needs systems. You need to know when you go to the gym. Your body needs to know when to drink water, when to eat lunch. It's all a system. And if we don't have things in place to be able to work effectively, we're going to be busy bees and we're not going to be effective. Number four, this is kind of the deeper one, heavier one. You're attempting to numb pain. So it's time to deal with some real issues in your life. I've seen a lot of leaders, a lot of people in my life just pack their calendar, take on way more than they should in that capacity. And there's also just a common thread of like, I'm going to take on more because I think that's what actually what will build me up into being a better leader or a bigger leader or a bigger position. Although that might work temporarily, what actually builds long-term success is consistency. So you could do the same job for four years consistently on point. You produce the same results and then you explode because what you've been more consistent than others. Hot and cold people do not work. So you're attempting to numb pain. And I hope that you hear my heart on this. Many people are just overworking because they're not resting. We think rest means weakness. You pull up YouTube right now, entrepreneurship motivation. Just type that in. Every single one is like, you got to work. You got to put in the work. You got to do this. You got to stop complaining. It's like, homie, I understand you. And I also understand that I need to take a break. And so do you. We all need to take breaks. And if you're not a Christian, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. The reality is we're supposed to take a rest, right? Take a Sabbath, a Sabbath once a week with our family. And spend time with them. And if you're not a Christian, what a great principle regardless. Like, if you can't have one day off, it's a serious problem in your life. Because, again, read the other three above. You're not delegating. You don't have systems. But you're trying to numb something. And the reality is, many people who are doing this, they don't want to be around themselves. They don't want to be alone with themselves. They don't want to be with their family. They don't want to go home and be around their family. And again, that's a lot of maybe root problems. It's a lot of trauma. That's a lot of maybe you're just really afraid of the future of your company. And you think that I have to work 18 to 20 hours a day to make sure my kids have a future. I want to help you with this. There's got to be a point of understanding that you either believe in God or you don't. And you also, if you do, you got to believe that God has the best plan for your life. When you, when you gave your life to Jesus, you actually surrendered your plans, your passions. And again, God is a good God. He's kind and he's a loving father. So he's going to use the things that are passionate. He's actually the one who put that in your, in your soul and heart for a reason. But he wants you to rest and he wants you to have longevity. It's not cool to start something. Like that's, that's the thing right now is how to start blank. I started 20 businesses. Yeah, but they all burnt out in two years. We don't want to be those type of people. We want to be people who last. The last couple of years have showed you anything. The people who don't last, it's usually because they're tired. They have a false identity, a false motive. But we, we, need, to, we need to be where we are. And we, I've heard that a lot in the past couple of weeks. And I think it's just true. Like. I was watching a video on TikTok of this dude named Andy Elliott. He's super aggressive. I think he turns a lot of people off on TikTok, but 
those type of people I tend to just listen to because I think you can learn anything from anyone. And if you don't believe that, you're naive and prideful. But I I was listening to his video and he was talking about, he asked his staff, does anyone have a daughter? And obviously people raise their hands and he was like, cool. Your daughter starts having a boyfriend and she cries every night because her boyfriend treats her horrible talks bad about her, calls her the B word, calls her names all day. Would you, would you be okay with a relationship? And it's like, no, I would absolutely hate that guy. And if you're a future father or a father, you would say, yeah, dude, I would, I would throw hands with that guy because no one's going to talk to my daughter like that. Same thing happens with us, right? We get home from work. All we do is complain about work. You're in ministry. You get home from church. All you do is complain about church. No wonder your kids and family don't like that you work in that job. No wonder your kids don't want to go to church. No wonder your kids fall away from the faith. Because all you do is complain about it. You're bitter about something and you're throwing it on other people. It can't not work. It's time to deal with the root problems. I can only suggest one thing. You need to go to a therapist. And that's kind of extreme, right? Like this podcast literally is like how to not be busy. But the reality is that is a major. And I would assume that a percentage of you listening to this absolutely have experienced this and are experiencing it right now. It's time to not numb the pain by overworking and being over busy. It's time to deal with the root problems in your life. And I want to end with this and then we'll go to the fifth point. But stop complaining about your life that you ask God for. Everyone in their 20s prays like, God, I want to have an incredible future. I I want you to use me in mighty ways. Two years later, you're like, God, you're using me. I feel used. I feel manipulated. It's like, no, he's not manipulating you. He's answering your prayer. Two years ago, because of the fact, what? You asked him for it. He said, dude, you asked for this. Like Jeremiah 29, 11, everyone who wants to quote this. But the reality is Jeremiah 29, 11 works when we apply it and go, Oh, God does have a future for me to prosper me, to make me successful, make me to win. I'm a winner when I'm on God's team. Cool. But stop complaining about that because God created created you to win, created you to be successful. But success happens, what? Through obedience and through consistency. So again, I appreciate you for being vulnerable and open. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, man, I really do need to talk to somebody. I think I'm working too much because I'm I'm numbing something out. And if you don't have a time... If you don't have time in your calendar to take time off to spend time with your family, you're missing the whole point. Speaking to all the men in the podcast listening to this, you're missing the point of what you're supposed to do as a father, as a husband, as a leader in your home. It doesn't mean just provide. It doesn't mean just have a future for them. They need a father to sit down and laugh at dinner and not talk about work, not talk about school, but to have conversations and dialogue about things that we're all maybe processing in the world or something that you learned in your Bible, whatever it is, it's time to step up and be the real man that they need. And that means be the father, be present. Mindfulness, that's the word. Mindfulness. What is that book? I'll put it in this description, but it's like the window of something and it's about mindfulness. I'll put it in the description. I think it's super relevant. Moving on to number five and then we'll be done. It isn't what what has been modeled. So. You're too busy because that was what's modeled to you. That was a succession of the leader you followed. You know what's coming. It's time to find a new model. Like it's time to find somebody 
who has systems in their life that are super disciplined and you can usually tell by their fitness, by their health. Not like, dude, that guy has abs. He's got it put together. Actually, that guy's probably overworking too. The person who's healthy, like they look healthy. They got a smile on their face. They're joyful. It's not just happiness. It's joy. Their kids and their wife or maybe whatever are all healthy. It's because they have systems in their life. And the people who have systems in their life win the most. So does your leader build others? So look at the leader you have right now. Do like an examination of them right now. Do they build other people around them? So the people around them, are they the people underneath them, you included, are they build are they building towards something that like they have been in the role for the same same role for five years, let's say. That's somebody who's not building other people. Maybe you're in a church. A lot of my audience is a church. I understand that. If the pastor has had the same staff for 30 years, not one person has went on to build, maybe plant a church, maybe build a business, maybe to start an organization, maybe to go serve at another church and an executive or whatever role. That's a warning sign to me because they're not building people underneath them. They're actually protecting them because they're too insecure to think that God won't replace them. God will replace but he cannot replace what we don't release. We got to release it. We got to say, God, these are your people. These are your children. They're going to build your house regardless of the context. So does your leader build others? If he doesn't find a new leader, does your leader delegate? We talked about this right at the beginning. The leader needs to be the biggest delegator, not dumper, not throwing way too much on people to make them busy bees, just like yourself. If they're not a delegator, find a new model, find a new leader. Does your leader not stay in the same position for the rest of his life? Nothing scares me more than talking to a 45-year-old who's been in the same exact position his whole life with the same exact staff. It's like, do you not understand that you could actually get into a bigger position or a bigger role or make more money or whatever you want if you learn how to delegate and build people underneath you? to take on more in your life. Like that's the reality. You need to be able to have a timeline. Like seriously, if you're in a position, maybe you're in a role in the church, you should have a timeline of your role. Say so if I'm into if I'm in the same position, like hypothetic here. I'm a content creator, I do all of the video and photo at my church. Cool. You tell your leader, "Hey, if I'm in this role in 2 years, fire me because I'm not doing my job." Your job is not to take photos. Your job is to help people understand how to take photos and then for them to do that because the church will move faster and the content will be better because what you'll have four eyes, two people instead of you just having two. So you have six eyes on content building up the team. Again, they might not be better than you today and that might scare you like, oh my gosh, the content might drop for a week. Oh my gosh, that you'll be fine. The church will live. Your business will live. But in six months, they're going to be better than you. And you got to be okay with that. You got to be comfortable with that. That's the biggest blessing. That's the biggest sign of, man, I'm actually leading people is when they're better than you. Because that's the point. You're supposed to make other people better. They should be better than you. That's awesome. So does your leader stay in the same role? They do. Find a new leader. Find somebody with a life you want to live and learn how they think. The worst thing you can do is when you find a leader you really love and you are excited about what they're doing, for you to just copy and paste what they do. 
Because what you, if you do what they do, you will not get the result they have because you're not them. They have different experiences and maybe they went to a different college. They have a different, they had a different mentor than you. You're, if you do what they do, you're just going to get a copycat version of what they do. But if you learn how they think, and if you learn how they process things and implement things and implement the systems in their life, if you learn how they think, you can understand how they got there. And from here to there, you can actually implement that thinking to create a future you want to have. Those are the five things that I believe that are causing you to be too busy. So we'll run through them super quick. Poor leadership. You are not delegating. You need to delegate today. There's something on your list or something on your calendar that you can delegate to somebody underneath you to build them up. Self-importance. The world does not revolve around you. You actually are not that big of a deal. Three, low intentionality. Remember, systems deliver the mission. Ambitions are cool, but systems are what build companies, build organizations, build leaders. Attempting to numb pain, it's time to deal with the real problems. Stop overworking, hiding away from your family. You are supposed to be a leader. Go see a therapist. Go see a counselor. It's not bad. You go to the doctor to check your heart. You go to a counselor to check your soul and your mind. Five, it isn't what's been modeled. It's time to find a new model. Find a new model. Find somebody who's winning. Ask them to get coffee and learn how they think. Thank you guys for listening to this. Like I said, make sure to subscribe to this channel. We're creating content every single week for you. And I appreciate it so much. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.